Good morning, and thank you so much for joining us for our online worship service of God here at Open Table United Methodist Church. Today is Sunday, May 29th, and we are so glad that you have tuned in to join us in worship today. I have um, just one announcement, one big announcement before we get started, is that next Sunday we are doing a uh, graduation Sunday for the youth who have graduated high school this year. So Christina Newkirk and Jackson Morgan are our graduating seniors in high school. We also have Emma Tippett who graduated from um, her, she got her associate's degree at Wake Tech. And there's a couple of the young kids I know, Ellie has graduated preschool, um, but this day, next Sunday on the 5th, we're having a graduation Sunday. And the most exciting thing about that is that it will be youth-led. So Christina and Jackson will be delivering the sermon, and um, the elements of the service will also be led by the youth from the youth group. So we're super excited about that. We're very much looking forward to being able to um, honor and support our children and youth that day. And um, with that being said, I also would like to say um, that I hope everybody has been taking care of themselves this week in light of the tragic events that have happened and to let you all know that we have provided some resources in the weekly newsletter if you need help processing any deep emotions that you might be having. So we want you to be taking care of yourselves right now and taking care of your family and your community and we want to help you with that. Um, if you need to reach out to us, please do that. So. We're here for anybody who needs help, and um, hopefully those resources that we are sharing will be helpful if you need that. And so uh, we will go ahead and begin the service with our call to worship. Come, all God's people, and let us gather to praise our mighty God. With joy we celebrate and give thanks for God's faithfulness. Come, all God's people, let us gather to sing to our glorious God. With joy and with all creation, we celebrate the powers of our King. Come, all God's people, let us gather to worship and to honor God. With joy, we celebrate the wonderful deeds of our God and King, and in reverent awe, we bow in worship and praise of our God. Amen. And now, if you would, bow your head for our prayer. God of glory, present in all places and filling all things, treasury of blessings and source of life, come and dwell with us. Cleanse us from all sin and grant us your salvation. And may we remember the prayer that you taught us to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Our scripture lesson today, friends, comes from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Hear these words. In the first book, Theophilius wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. Then he said, this is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked the Lord, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus replied, it is not to you, for you to know the time or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come to you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This, friends, is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. How would you feel if Jesus left you? Truly, how would you feel if the Christ who was always with you and by your side up and left one day, no longer always there? Take a moment to really think about it. How would you feel? 
Maybe you've experienced this feeling or this fear or felt like at some point in your life, Jesus did indeed leave you alone. Maybe it's a worry you have that one day Jesus is just going to decide you are not worth it. This for today, I think, is an important question for us because this is what the disciples are experiencing and feeling in the scripture as we read it. Jesus has called them out of their homes and lives and jobs. He's made their own little family. They followed him everywhere and learned from Jesus. They witnessed his miracles. They've spent the better part of three years with him. And then, all at once, they lose him. They watched him be drug away and taken for them. Perhaps they felt they messed up the first go around. Maybe Peter has regretted his denying Christ or others regretted that they went into hiding or didn't believe Mary Magdalene when she said she'd seen Jesus. The disciples have experienced losing Christ once. They've experienced life without him. They've experienced believing Jesus was dead. They have buried him. They have mourned him. They've lived in a world that was robbed from him. And then Jesus came back. He was resurrected. He came and found him, gave him his body, showed him his hands and feet so that they could know the truth. That he is indeed alive. And then their grief was put to death. Suddenly their teacher was back. The man they love and cherish was back. He was real. His body held the marks of death, but he was no longer dead. There was nothing but joy and hope. They have, without a doubt, missed Jesus. Jesus was not only their teacher, but their beloved friend, someone who they love deeply, someone who they can't imagine life without. The band is back together, y'all. Jesus has risen from the grave. The disciples and Jesus have spent about 40 days together, breaking bread, doing miracles, spreading love. That's what we've been reading for the past six, seven weeks since Easter Sunday, is the disciples and Jesus together again. And it's just like old days, almost like Jesus never left. And I'm sure the disciples are thinking, man, I could do this forever. They just want to keep doing life like this. But then Jesus ruins their party. He ruins their plans. He brings this, them to this place where he tells them the Holy Spirit will fall upon them. That they will become a new spirit-filled people. That they will leave this place to join with all people. To carry the love of Christ to the ends of the earth. And the problem is that the disciples don't want that. This isn't part of the deal, Jesus. Because while he's telling them that they are going to do all these things, he's telling them they're going to do it without him. Jesus just got back and now he's leaving again. You're leaving us again and you want us to go into the world without you. This is so unfair. It's so funny to me how 40 days during the season of Lent, The season where we're without Christ, where we're without chocolate or watching TV or whatever fun thing we want to do. It feels so long. But then these 40 days 
where we have Christ back again. I imagine it's the fastest 40 days of the disciples' lives. This 40 days where Jesus is alive and with them again had to feel like the quickest 40 days ever. It wouldn't nearly be long enough. They want more Jesus and he knows it's time. He ascends into heaven. Today, we, meaning the church, mark what is called Ascension Sunday. It's one of the more overlooked Christian holidays, at least in my experience of Christianity. Essentially on this day, we celebrate that Christ rose into the heavenly realm alive, bearing the scars of death triumphed. Maybe perhaps that's why it's overlooked. It's not a particularly, particularly celebratory moment, right? At least not for the disciples. In this moment, they think they're losing Jesus all over again. They don't understand what ascension is. And truthfully, I think for a lot of us, we don't understand it either. We don't understand this idea of Christ rising up into the clouds. We don't have a very good picture of it. It can be really hard to imagine it. The disciples, Jesus, us, we perhaps don't understand what it means for the Holy Spirit to fall upon us. We don't understand what our call is. And if Jesus isn't here, we don't understand how we're supposed to figure it out. The world, as Christ has risen, is so full. God took on human flesh and entered the world. The Messiah was here, walking the same earth as humanity, loving us radically and throwing around blessings like candy. For the disciples, they've given up their whole lives. They've spent three years with Jesus, listening to his preaching and teaching, learning how to do the same themselves. God was physically here with them, with us. And there's something so beautiful in that. But now Jesus in all of his bodily glory, all of his with us-ness is going away. And I imagine as Jesus makes his way up to heaven, the world feels emptier. The body, the flesh of Christ is no longer right there with them. The disciples and perhaps many of us mistakes Christ rising into heaven as him leaving. And what this day is about, what Ascension Sunday is about, friends, is realizing that that's not what is happening at all in the scripture. Jesus ascends into heaven and establishes his constant presence in absence. It's a confusing concept. It makes little to no sense. <laughs> but essentially what it means is while his body, his physical flesh is gone, distant, his presence is always with us. Christ ascends into heaven and the spirit of God pours out upon the disciples and all of us. So that even if the disciples can't see it in that moment, Jesus ascends for all of our sake. He makes it so that it's not that just he's constantly present with his disciples. He's constantly present with all people. His ascension makes him Lord of all people. It expands the scope of his reign to the entirety of the world. It expands the amount of people and the ends of the earth so that he can reach him. 
As the disciples watch, they're concerned about the absence of Christ's body in their own lives. And they don't realize that this moment that feels like absence is actually expanded presence. The Holy Spirit is falling upon them and Christ is becoming more and more present to others. Something I think most of us can relate to is this absence. As I read this Ascension Day scripture and then switched the scriptures that I was reading and preaching on this week as the Holy Spirit moved in my own life, I realized how many of us are perhaps missing Christ's body this week. How the presence of God that we long for just feels so absent. How flesh and blood feel very real as people, as children, are slain. And we look around at a week of continuous violence and devastation, at a year of continuous violence and devastation, and we have to wonder, Jesus, where is your body? What good did your blood do? The world right now feels like one that Christ is very absent from. And it feels like one where we are left wondering, where are you, God? Where are you, Jesus? Holy Spirit, have you fallen upon us today? In today's scripture, two random guys cloaked in white appear to answer this question for us, to answer it for the disciples. And they ask, what are you doing? Why are you focused on the fact that Jesus isn't here? Why are you focused on the lack of body? Why are you focused on Jesus being gone? Jesus hasn't gone anywhere. They forced the disciples to pay attention to the Spirit and listen to Jesus' instructions. To move beyond missing Christ's physical body and understand that Christ is still there. The manner of how Christ is there has just changed. They don't want the disciples to stay in that place. They want them to go out. They don't want them to just be stagnant, to stay on that mountain forever and put up a monument and throw up plaques saying Jesus was here. They want them to leave, to go out into the world taking the news of Christ with them, knowing the Spirit goes with them. Jesus is alive, and while his body leaves, he is still here, friends. His Spirit has fallen upon us so that he is always with us. This is not the end of the story in Jesus of Jesus in the world. It's the beginning of Jesus in the world in a new way. He lives, he reigns over the world, and he desires for his disciples to not be a stagnant people, but to be a people who live in the knowledge of his presence, of his life, who go to minister to the ends of the earth. The disciples are not left to their own devices or losing Jesus. He guides them. He's with them in every moment. Friends, Christ died so that death, so that violence, so that the sin and pain of the world would be put to death. And if you're looking around at the world and going, Jesus, why did you do this? I want you to know that Jesus didn't do it. That Jesus didn't leave us, that he's not absent, that he didn't cause the pain of this week that it's not meant to be some sort of magical thing for us to learn from. The things that are happening in the world, y'all, are happening because sin is running rampant. 
because that while Christ is present, we refuse to look at him. It's present because we're a people who are focused on us, right? Individuals in the world are individuals who are going, where is mine? What does this do for me? How does this affect me? We're people who haven't heard the command to go out and be concerned about all people. That's what Jesus tells the disciples in this. Go. Don't stay here. Don't stand around focused on me and my body and how, how I'm relating to you in this moment. Go out. Take the Holy Spirit. Give it to the rest of the world. Love them as I would. Know that I am with you and with them. That I'm present in you and present in these other people. This has been a hard week. And if you have felt like Christ isn't in the world, I want you to know that it's not that Christ isn't here. It's that the world has gotten so loud. We're not doing a good job of seeing Christ. The good news for us today, friends, is that whether or not we feel Christ's presence or we see Christ reflected in the world, Christ is with us, Christ is beside us, Christ is in us. Christ weeps with those who are persecuted because Christ himself was persecuted. He knows the pain of being slain because he himself was slain with the intention of it never happening to someone else. He knows the weight of sin as it's carried out by other people because he's been on the receiving end of it. While Christ feels very far away, friends, know that he's there. The darkness and the chaos might just be making him hard to find. But he is there. He is with us. Thanks be to God. Amen.
this week, friends, I want to invite you just to know that Christ is with you. Wherever you are, if you're angry, if you are heartbroken, if you are numb, if you are trying to start a revolution to make a difference, if you are just weeping, whatever place you are, wherever you are every day, Christ is there. And that may not feel like a lot, but I hope that that's enough to take you forward for another day. Go in peace.